0: This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, with a focus on the persecuted church. Thank you for joining me. The levels of violence against Christians in India from Hindu extremists is intensifying. In fact, things are getting even worse during the pandemic, which as you know has hit India particularly hard. The deadly campaign coincides with an Indian government's agenda to turn the country into a Hindu nation And that has resulted in Christians facing an increase in religiously motivated persecution. Four states, Jharkhand, Uttar Pradesh, Tamil Nadu, and Chhattisgarh are the most dangerous places for Christians in India, where beatings, arrests, church destruction, and even at times death are regular occurrences. Meanwhile, in the state of Rajasthan, International Christian Concern is reporting that a 52-year-old Christian was recently shot dead an attack on the family of Pastor Ramesh Bombaria by 15 militants. They are associated with these Hindu nationalists. Now, according to local sources, three other Christians were seriously injured when they were brutally beaten. Pastor Ramesh's father, Beam, was killed in that attack, and the mob attempted to shoot the pastor, but the gun wouldn't fire. The injured were taken to a private hospital and are recovering from their injuries. Joining us to talk about the many challenges and persecution facing the believers of Jesus in his homeland of India is Abhijit Nayak. He is the director of STEP, that is a partner with the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. Here now is that interview with Abhijit Nayak. So Abhijit, we know how badly the pandemic has hit India. You know, millions of people are infected. Hundreds of thousands have died. How has COVID-19 and the variants, how has it impacted the church in India?
1: Yes, um, as you know that uh, Christians in India uh, it makes up about uh, uh, 5% of the Indian population. And uh, so since uh, last year, March 2020, the lockdown continued and the churches uh, were officially Uh, closed, and uh, it means uh, I'm talking about both the big churches, including the house fellowship and churches uh, that meet uh, at home, and uh, then again, the second wave of uh, COVID-19 hit in the month of April 2021, and uh, right now, every day, uh, around 200,000 COVID-19 cases every day, it used to be more than 300,000, close to 400,000 every day, but this week it has come down to um, 186,000, 200,000 and the shortage of you know the medical uh, system is fully exhausted. So it's a church. So people are not meeting at homes. Uh, there has been a uh, lockdown imposed on many states And Saturday and Sunday is fully shut down. And therefore, there is no meeting in the church. Believers are not gathering. Believers are not offering, giving their tithes, offering. So it's not just impact on the church, but impact on the whole congregation, on the pastors who used to be looked after by the church offering and tithes. Now the believers also are affected and some of the believers are very poor. They do not have any money to go to a big private hospital because the the hospitals, the medical system, the mainline medical system is exhausted. So believers are struggling to survive. No uh, income coming, pastors and their families. So it's the whole church, congregation, pastors are being Uh, impacted negatively by this second wave of COVID and also last year.
0: I know in the first uh, wave of COVID, uh, the church was very active in reaching out to their neighbors and and trying to build help. And I know that that's a big thing that churches do when there's something terrible happens, you know, whether we've got a pandemic or it's an earthquake or something has happened. It's the church that is really on the front line, helping people. But as you said, Abhijit, it's the Christians are now being impacted, so they're not able to reach out, and I'm sure that that's difficult for them not to be able to help their neighbors. But of course, they have to look after their families first.
1: Uh, I'm speaking um, on behalf of the grassroots churches, mm. and they are uh, firm. They are more energetic and they are led by their compassion and passion they are helping their neighbors in any way that they can do for example the believers cannot come or their neighbors cannot come but they are packing the food items dry food groceries and they are delivering following the protocol and they are delivering the food packets that is number 1 then the money the the pastors and uh, The churches, whatever they could give money for any urgent medical help, they are doing it, Uh, you know. So they are trying to do their best being salt and light in this time of COVID-19 crisis uh, in India and everywhere, even in the rural places where 70 percent people live in India.
0: Right. And I mean, it's a huge country. Uh, second largest only to China in terms of population, but a very small Christian population there, Abhijit. So how are the believers, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, and even going into this, there is increased persecution. You know, a number of the states are putting these anti-conversion laws in. Uh, they're making it more difficult, the government has, of getting funds to Christian organizations, and not just Christian organizations, but NGOs in general, so it's obviously, it's they're, they're just facing some huge battles at this time.
1: Yeah, there has been less and less uh, outreach programs going to the villages because lockdown and shutdown. But secondly, not just uh, Christians, in general, um, there has been rules, the new rules and bills have been passed and where you have more stricter um, laws to regulate the funds coming from outside of india so even if somebody wants to some some people are involved in humanitarian activities also have limitations getting the funds and distributing it because of the new laws and the you know the impact of covid on offices and um, not running well but uh, the anti conversion wherever uh, the laws are in odisha and other places Um, And, yeah, there there have been instances where uh, the Christian uh, pastors or believers are being harassed in the name of, even if they're helping with food and groceries, but there have been accusations, false accusations that uh, Christians are converting people in the name of humanitarian activities.
0: Yeah, they're they're accused of being bribing. Yeah.
1: Yeah even if even if the motivation is just to help my neighbor just to help our neighbor uh, provide food or but there is a fear that there will be a false allegation uh, that uh, we are converting uh, anyone and everyone
0: how do the christians of india of course you live there for many years uh, you are in constant contact with pastors and i know a big part of your passion is that pastors are trained So, you know, they don't fall into false teaching, but they also stay encouraged. So how do they stay, you know, encouraged and how do they stay optimistic when they're facing so many challenges?
1: Uh, It is number one, their motivation and their firm belief on the word of God. If they're well prepared, if they're well trained, if they're well rooted uh, in the teaching of Christ, and they are going out and doing it. They're optimistic always, because it is now the COVID-19 situation is an opportunity for them to show their love in a tangible, in many tangible ways, not just preaching or teaching, but to love your neighbor as Jesus said, and they are optimistic to now show to the whole country that even if we are minority, but we have the motivation and passion like Jesus to show you that we love you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the opportunity being in India and actually Orissa, uh, where we had a, even recently being able to go, you know, on Zoom to do some teaching. I've been there personally, have, you know, interviewed many Christians that have suffered horrible persecution. But yet there is still this optimism. But, you know, they're, they're just human beings, just like the rest of us. And, you know, to deal with so many things at once, I can't imagine how they can, you know, continue to move forward. But you say it's just the fact that they do keep this understanding that they're to love their neighbors and that the Great Commission telling people about Jesus and discipling them is at the top of their list.
1: Yes. uh, Christians and believers are not uh, superhuman beings. They are uh, with flesh and blood and there have been discouragement there have been psychological uh, you know tension you know, emotional breakdown because it is continuing now more than one and half years but it is the encouragement it is the fellowship even if it is meeting online uh, and encouraging one another praying for one another and that is the way forward for them even if psychological stress and uh, emotional breakdown. But when we come together online, pray for one another, encourage one another, now we have more time to read Bible at home. And those are the measurements or those are the elements for encouragement.
0: So they're really seeing this pandemic, again, as horrible as it has been, is an opportunity to advance the gospel.
1: Yes, uh, it is the opportunity to sow the love of Christ in tangible way uh, before uh, many pastors were only thinking about preaching or teaching but now it is also an additional uh, uh, additional gospel with an act of helping your neighbor
0: abhijat one of the things that of course in india is you've got the bjp very nationalistic type of hindu government And, you know, really the the slogan is, if you're Indian, you need to be Hindu. So how does that affect the Christians in terms of how they fit in with the culture there?
1: The Christians never thought that they are not Indian. We are Indian Christians uh, with loyalty, love for our country, India. It may be on the surface an allegation or a assumption that uh, Christians in India are not loyal. Christians are in India are outsiders, but we are not. We are we are Indians. Uh, we have love. We are loyal to our country, and we are trying our best to show that we are Christians and we are Indians.
0: Well, and you know the interesting thing about it is that the gospel goes back two thousand years. Some may not be aware of that, where Thomas allegedly, was martyred in India, one of Jesus' original uh, disciples there. But because of colonialism and all the things that went on, Christianity is often then portrayed as a Western religion. Is that some of what the Indian government and the more militant Hindus are trying to suggest that Christians are aligned with you know the United States and the West?
1: Yeah, it is the superficial assumption and superficial perception that always christianity is connected with western countries and christianity is a western religion it's not no the disciples of jesus and thomas they were from asia minor they were not outside of asia minor so 2000 years ago uh, jesus disciple came and preached the gospel but still because of colonialism because of you know many other external factors, we are always viewed as, you know, outsiders or going with the Western uh, countries and religion. It's not, you know, it's, it's just a superficial, you know, mindset.
0: How do you fight against that? Or how do you, you know, try to convince y- your neighbors in India, they, you know, they're very passionate in, you know, as in their Hindu religion. And you're saying, no, we're, we're not uh, anything less than Indian because we love jesus how do you overcome that
1: you know interestingly your neighbor never see you as outsider i never felt in my lifetime my friends and the office wherever you go you meet uh, you know your hindu friends and brothers they never talk about that you are outsider we Mm -hmm. we are always counted as one But it is a pocket of people, a pocket of people, a group of people trying to influence the majority, a a small minority group of people trying to influence the majority of neighbors, trying to influence them to understand us as outsiders. But I never experienced and realized, you know, I grew up, you know, I was born and grew up I never thought, and my never ne- neighbors never thought I am outsider.
0: But they saw you obviously as a Christian. Were you able to share your faith uh, openly, or how did how were you able to do that?
1: The Christmas is celebrated more by my Hindu friends than Christians.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: You know any any um, they would come. They will have lunch they are open to they they even ask questions about jesus life and birth and death we go to their homes uh, for food and fellowship there even their festivals you know they invite us so there, there there is no tension at all there is no tension among the common people of india
0: right so it's more the government portraying this and continuing to say if you're indian you're hindu and, and then they, you have these anti-conversion laws, which make it very difficult on not only Christians, but Muslims as well. So when you look at India and such a small part of the population classified as Christian, abhijit why do you think over the last 2,000 years, Christianity hasn't taken root uh, in your home country?
1: Um, possibly, uh, I mean, we have to take the responsibility uh, more and more national the leaders, more and more Indian Christians, have to take the responsibility of witnessing, uh, working and you know sharing. Uh, that, that would be, I think, uh, very important. Now, as we realize the responsibility has come automatically on us. We have to now carry this. We have to maybe change some of our thinking and patterns uh, and the way we share the gospel, the way we look at the gospel, the way we understand the gospel.
0: Do you think then that Christians, because they're such a minority in India, that they feel that it's, you know, so difficult to, you know, to proclaim the gospel that, okay, we're just going to be quiet. We're just going to go to church. We're not going to make any waves. Is that some of the mentality that maybe is going on there that, they are somewhat intimidated, certainly the laws and some of the things that are going on there. But is that, is that a part of it? They just say, we're such a small group, we're not going to be able to make a difference.
1: Um, yes. One thing is the population, 1.2 billion people. The second thing is those mainline main churches, big churches, are not very uh, enthusiastic, motivated to preach the gospel, share the gospel. And when I say that, It is by deed and by words. Mm -hmm. But I am talking about now more and more independent, grassroots people, Christians are more witnessing the gospel with their neighbors and friends and in the villages.
0: What's stirring that on? Why is that starting to happen then?
1: It is how you read the Bible. It is how your faith is rooted in the Scripture.
0: So, they're getting a better understanding that uh, this is what we're actually supposed to do. We're not yes. here just to go to church on sunday and and just kind of keep a low profile. Of course, we want to be respectful to our neighbors and you know you know love them. but they're starting to understand then that there is there is this you know calling that we all have is to share the message of Jesus.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is the new believers and the congregation and grassroots pastors, they are taking the responsibility and they see the work and ministry not just on Sunday, but Monday to Sunday. The whole week of ministry in their own communities, among their own people in different ways.
0: How do the Christians in the country respond when they hear stories of their brothers and sisters that you know, are accused, and we talked about it earlier, these anti-conversion laws, when they see these false charges, you know, Christians put in prison, uh, beaten up, and, you know, all sorts of things happen. We hear of churches being burned down. How do they react then? Because obviously this is an intimidation factor to try to keep the Christians silent from sharing about Jesus.
1: Yeah, generally, um, I mean, Christians are the people who, never believe in violence. We have no option or we do not think that we have to act in a violent way attacking others. We pray, we pray, uh, we provide, uh, you know, help. It may be medical help or financial help. Um, There are so many ways that people are helping one another praying, but never return in violent ways because jesus loved india loves us and we have to follow his example
0: yeah i mean i know it's not you know it's not an easy thing when you are being attacked that you don't want to turn around and attack back and and i know of course there are cases when some of our brothers and sisters the emotions overwhelm them but for the most part and i know it's a part of the teaching as well that you and others that are doing, you know, to the leadership to, you know, to train your brothers and sisters in Christ not to respond that way, because that just violence begets violence. And the Bible is pretty clear that vengeance belongs to the Lord. So Abhijit, how do believers go about sharing their faith in a practical way?
1: Uh, right now they're sharing their faith in helping their neighbors, helping their friends uh, by providing food, Um, providing medical support. Um, They are helping in any tangible way, taking care of the children because children are out of the school. And so in many tangible ways, they are sharing the gospel. It may not be only meeting on Sundays right now, but whole week, the witnesses sharing continues the whole week, 24-7.
0: How has it been for the churches there that, You know, they get a lot of support from, you know, organizations like The Voice of the Martyrs and other groups of people that uh, you work with as well. Uh, With some of the funding being limited, and especially with the needs being so great right now during this pandemic, how is the church, you know, practically being able to respond?
1: Literally, some of the pastors, new believers, whatever they had, even they sell it. To help others. Wow, Whatever they had uh, the saving and you know reserve, uh, you know money or little bit you know, even they are ready to sacrifice because the need is so huge and great and the temporary wealth, temporary money is not the matter. So they are going out of the way to help even I know um, one or two persons They do not have enough money to survive and provide for food for their own family, but they're inviting 50-20 people, packing the food and giving to 50-20 families.
0: Oh my goodness, wow.
1: So this is why they are witnessing. You can say they are sharing the gospel in tangible ways.
0: And I'm sure the question gets asked, well, why are you doing this? And that that does open up the door uh, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Now, tell me about some of the things that you're doing. And I know we have to be a little bit careful here because of security issues, but with your organization, Step, how are you being able to help the church in India during this very, very difficult time?
1: First of all, we believe in prayer. A lot of time and days we are praying, praying and praying in groups, uh, via online, um, through phone, and through in person. And the second thing is we are helping Uh, families, uh, children, elderly, people with disabilities with food packets and groceries uh, to survive. We are encouraging the believers, Christians to pray, also helping them uh, for food and uh, intangible way. So these are the things we are are helping. We want to help, we want to help 1000 families, 1000 families and we have already helped 200 families already. So this is what we are doing uh, in our communities for the believers, for the congregations, and for the pastors.
0: And I know your wife has a real passion to help the widows because a lot of men, women, and children have all died, but there's a lot of widows now uh, coming out of this pandemic. And I know trying to help the widows is something that is really deep on her heart.
1: Yes. I mean, we have lost some of our formal colleagues and particularly people who are in the ministry and uh, some of the women have lost uh, their husbands who were pastors and in the ministry because of COVID and there is a great need to come alongside with these women who have lost. Lost husband means everything and uh, so they were not prepared for it. It was all of a sudden and uh, we would like to see how we can provide counseling and uh, one-time help, ongoing help and help them to come overcome this uh, psychological uh, and practical stress.
0: And so how can those listening to this podcast, you know, in Canada and wherever this is being heard, how can they practically get involved with what you're doing and uh, maybe you can give us some information on how they can connect with you.
1: Yes, um, um, they can first of all pray. We request you to pray and pray and pray for India. And then in whatever tangible ways, along with prayer, and uh, there will be some opening doors and they can can contact you or Voice of the Martyrs uh, to see how they can also get involved uh, and uh, also uh, partner in this uh, work.
0: I'm gonna put uh, some information on the show notes on the podcast so if you're listening to it you can you know whether it's on uh, Google Play or Apple wherever you're uh, listening to this you can go to the show notes and I'll put the information on there the website so you can get a hold of Abhijit uh, also uh, the voice of the martyrs uh, we just want to help India. I mean it breaks our hearts. I know that you know Abhijit as I was watching uh, the news and and just seeing the horrible situation where people, couldn't get oxygen, you had multiple people uh, in the same bed, Uh, people frantic. I mean, this is one of the worst things that has happened, you know, in terms of loss of life and people are struggling. But this is also an opportunity, as you say, that we can show the love of Jesus in a practical way. Are you seeing results because of this uh, pandemic?
1: Yes, more and more. People, Christians all over the world coming together and feeling that we are a family. We are a family. We need to help one another in this huge COVID crisis.
0: Well, we're going to continue to pray. And, and I'd like you to do that right now for us. I, I know that you're a man of prayer. And sometimes we say, okay, yeah, we got to pray for India, but what else can we do? And, and we need to do things in a practical way. Absolutely. People need food. People need medicine, people need oxygen, and if we can help in those ways, we certainly want to do that, but it is prayer because it's the Holy Spirit, you know, as we're praying, he starts to put things in our hearts, and I know he has done that for me in India because we can get overwhelmed when we watch the news and we just turn off the television and try to forget about it, but that's not the way God wants us to work. He knows that we can't do everything. Uh, There's so many needs around the world. There's needs here in Canada. There's, you know, in our own communities, but there's an incredible need in India. So Abhijit, I'm going to get you to pray um, as the Holy Spirit is leading you. And as you're listening or watching this podcast, will you join with us and just allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do? He may not ask you to practically do something. That's fine. You can pray. But for those of you that are just feeling this unction, they say, I, I just want to do something. Just allow the, allow the Lord to do that in your heart. So brother, can you just lead us in prayer now?
1: God, we just want to thank you for this opportunity to pray for India, to share how we can pray, how we can help people in need, in great distress. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to move our hearts to pray and help in whatever practical ways that holy spirit leads us Mm -hmm. lord we pray for one another as this is a global pandemic and has affected many many families women have lost their husbands children have lost their parents and dear ones and lord we pray for your grace we pray for your healing on this world and we want to thank you for those who are praying for India, and Lord, they will continue to pray. We want to continue to pray. Lead us and help us to pray and help. And we want to thank you, Lord, for leading us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And let me pray for you too, Brother Abhijit. Father, thank you for my dear brother and uh, his love for you and his passion for your kingdom. And uh, you've got him located in another part of the world here in Canada at this point. But he's not forgotten his people back in India. And he wants to just continue to show the love of Jesus in a practical way. And just help him. Give him the resources that that he needs to be able to impact that nation. Where there are so many that are coming to know you. And yet there's incredible persecution. There's, there's so many obstacles. And yet people are beginning a relationship with you jesus and as they're being disciple i know a big part of our uh partnership with our brother here is uh, with the voice of the martyrs is to uh, just train and raise up leaders so that they would be strong in their faith and would understand what the bible teaches a lot about suffering and a lot about persecution and opposition because we live in a world that is opposed to the message of the gospel yet it is penetrating. It's penetrating in India. It is penetrating in Canada and right around the world. So I just pray for your continued grace and your mercy on my brother. Thank you for him. Give him and his wife the strength as they continue to minister to that part of the world. And we thank you and we just bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just so want to ask you just this last question. You've lived in India. I've been there a few times. In fact, I was just saying to my wife the other day, when you go there, you can feel the spiritual darkness. I mean, it's a wonderful country, but there's just this, at times, at least I felt this oppression. Ministering in that, I mean, people there are very religious. How has it been different for you coming to Canada that is becoming more and more of a secular country in terms of you staying strong in your faith?
1: You know, the stronghold in Canada is more stronger than in India sometimes and even in this free country and secular country where you have the opportunities, where you have the free, but many times we Christians do not want to come closer to God and this is why we need to think that we need more prayers, we need more connection with Christ not just in India but even here and uh, we, we we try to encourage, we want we, we try to share stories of God, what God is doing in India to encourage, mm. to boost the faith of our fellow believers in Canada.
0: Yeah, and, you know, uh, we yeah. can see that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, sometimes when you go into a country and, and you do feel, you know, whether, you know, strongholds or, you know, very religious, you know, and, and you, you're just aware of it. And and the spiritual battle is more real. You come here back into Canada and you feel that freedom. And is it we let our guard down sometimes? You think that's what we do?
1: Yes. Yes. Sometimes we just take for granted. Take for granted and we, we want to hold back.
0: Well, we need to hear the testimonies of our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted for their faith in countries like India so appreciate you, Abhijit. Keep up the great work. And, uh, you know, again, I encourage people to be praying for India. So thank you for all you're doing. And God bless you, brother.
1: Uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share uh, and pray uh, together. And thank you very much.
0: And a special thanks to Abijet Nayak of STEP for joining us on Closer to the Fire. And if you would like to find out more about the Ministry of STEP, it is a registered charity in Canada. You can visit their website on the podcast notes, find out what they're doing. I mean, some of the things that they are doing, they support approximately 500 underprivileged children as they are receiving formal education. They are training 200 men and women in leadership in India. They're doing a wonderful work. That is why uh, we are privileged to be able to partner with them. And if you'd also like to contact the Voice of the Martyrs, you can do so. Again, the website is in the podcast notes. It's vomcanada.com. You know, in the midst of persecution, God is working around the world. You know, please continue to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in India and around the world. Well, thank you for listening today. And uh, if you'd like to tell your friends about uh, Closer to the Fire, your family, whatever, we'd certainly appreciate that. want to get more people praying and supporting those that are putting their lives on the line for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And remember, like our friends in India... The closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire.